Hello everyone. We warmly welcome you to our session of ePassion's Share. I'm Deepa Mirani, heading alumni cell at Content Day. So the theme of ePassion Share is to have a series of short sessions on the subjects which are beyond the ePad curriculum, even from the non-financial and non-trading background. Today's session is from EPAD alumni, Mr. Rohit Gupta, who is currently working as a vice president at ARC Capital Singapore Investment Bank, headquartered in Shanghai, focusing on both public as well as private markets. He's working with top venture capitalists and private equities from APAC and advising them on the capital raising using alternative ways of financing and also helping their portfolio companies or existing limited partners for potential exits in the secondary markets. Previously, Rohit has worked at a hedge fund in Hong Kong where he was managing a portfolio of China-Hong Kong equities. He also has an experience in investing in the U.S. fixed income markets during his stint as a prop trader back in India. Rohit has completed his MBA from the Chinese University of Hong Kong in 2015-16. And during the term at the Chinese University of Hong Kong, he was also awarded Global Leadership Award among the top 50 B schools at Gelen University, Switzerland, for enhancing the peer-to-peer -peer learning environment. Now, I request Rohit to take the session ahead. Okay, thank you, Deepa. Uh, am I audible? Yes, Rohit, you're audible. Okay, thank you, guys. Thank you for the kind introduction. And uh, hello, everyone. Good evening to you all. I'm imagining most of you will be in India, Southeast Asia, but uh, hello to everyone and I hope everyone is safe and in good health, <laughs> um, especially the given times. Uh, so thank you Quantity team for giving the opportunities and it's really a pleasure to you know get the chance to interact with everyone and share a bit uh, on the private equity secondary markets. And uh, just to start before starting, I'll quickly tell you a bit about our capital. So we are a boutique investment bank based out of China. Uh, uh, we are headquartered in Shanghai with global presence in Singapore, US, Mexico, Indonesia. And we are recently setting up our operations in India as well. Primarily our capital uh, focuses on the US capital markets, uh, mostly uh, into the US IPO. So we are helping the companies from Southeast Asia as well as LATAM region to you know, raise, help them raise capital in the US public markets via direct listing into new york stock exchange on nasdaq markets so that's our core focus and the second vertical is into mna capital raising advisory services and we also do a bit of uh, you know secondary market transaction uh, i think which is the main topic for today's uh, you know for today's session so without uh, delaying a bit i'll straight jump into the discussion uh, so i think you must have seen a broad uh, you know overview of what i'll be talking today but uh, just to set a bit of scene i'll quickly tell you what we will uh, what you will be looking at in the next 20 to 25 minutes uh, um, so initially we'll i'll start by telling you what are the secondary markets 
okay uh, what are the typical kind of transaction you will see or you are seeing in the market right now and then who are the active players in the market which is you know the any market there is a buyer and a seller uh, the kinds of buyers the kinds of seller and you know the most important part is to understand the motive behind each of them okay and then we will jump into a small uh, you know uh, a case study of a vc in singapore on you know on a secondary transaction and some couple of direct secondary uh, transaction on single assets and in the last uh, we will see i mean which is one of the most important part is how do we price the secondaries okay and uh, you know then uh, i think then we'll be concluding the uh, session okay uh, i have kept this session at a very basic level okay uh, also if somebody wants to delve deeper we can later anyways connect <laughs> offline over an email or over a quick call um, i will be sharing my details at the end of the presentation and you can also you know get in touch with the quantity team so in a secondary market is typically a place where i go and buy and sell my pre existing shares of a company or a existing lp position of a vc portfolio so for example let's say uh, let's take two examples uh, on two different kind of uh, secondary transaction we usually see in the market so imagine if i want to invest in grab okay i am sure everybody must be knowing this name it's like the uber of southeast asia uh, and you know as you know as you as you already know the grab's valuation has is quite high uh, more than 10 billion us dollars even more and they have completed subsequent rounds of financing right so they are already into their later series round for example series g i don't know series f or whatever okay now let's say i run a small uh, vc fund of let's say 50 to 100 million us dollars and i want to invest in grab right so what will i do now one way to invest in grab is okay i wait for their another round to come in which will be obviously priced at a very high valuation given the company strengths okay and then i invest as a you know via primary investment thing so that's one of the way but the challenge with this kind of investment is that that you know for companies like grab or you know big unicorns like paytm bytedance or whatever there is a lot of demand so a lot of institutional investors are lined up uh, for investment so typically a smaller fund or a smaller family fund don't do not get the opportunity to you know come and invest into these kind of companies so what do they do they usually will go back uh, to a existing shareholder someone who has come into let's say series b or series c round they will ask them okay are you able to uh, you know sell some of your shares to me and that's how i'll get into uh, a shareholding of grab okay so that's a typical example of a secondary transaction so we will see how do we price such transaction because of course it's a secondary so there are some uh, things that we need to keep in mind but i'm here i'm just trying to tell you what uh, what is a single asset kind of a secondary transaction the second example that i want to take is imagine you know softbank vision fund right managing hundreds of billions of dollars now and obviously the person who has invested into softbanks are usually big sovereign pension funds from us uh, from middle east the big guys big tech companies right now I, if, imagine if i run a fund of funds okay and i want to invest into softbank vision fund obviously the ticket size is so big that i i won't be able to get in with my small fund size so what i'll do is i'll try to get some lp positions from these sovereign funds and try to replace that you know by buying those stakes and getting a position into softbank fund so that's a that's the second kind of secondary transaction that i'll be talking about okay so that's uh, the basic of it now 
important point to understand is like why there is a need of secondary markets okay now one of the major difference between the primary markets uh, sorry one of the major difference between the normal uh, ipo market or a public market is that that it has a lot of liquidity if i own a big position in a stock i can sell it right away you know if the company is public because there's something called liquidity which is one of the biggest uh, risk that is present in the private investments okay and obviously if i am running a vc fund or a private equity fund i would like to exit at some stage okay i should not be waiting for the company to either get acquired or either get ipo but obviously i would like to have some liquidity back okay there are many reasons for that why would i would like to share before that we'll talk later but again it serves a very big purpose it provide liquidity to these kind of shareholders okay so that's one of the reason the second is obviously imagine in the case uh, uh, ju sorry just coming to the first point i was mentioning that let's take grab example here okay imagine if i am an investor and i came at a series a or series b okay which is quite early so quite good for me then i and given the recent trends not the covid trends if you have been observing the market recently most of these high uh, highly valued unicorns have not been able to perform well in the public markets when they have gone ipo right the valuations have been dropped so people are getting quite scary you know holding those kind of positions so if i am a grab early stage investor and i would definitely want to get some chips off the table okay so uh, that's why so there there is a need of liquidity okay the second example the second point that we have i have mentioned here is to obtain cash and provide liquidity to the lps coming to the second example where i have invested a, into a vc fund okay obviously if i have a fund then i have limited partners and i if i need to raise further fund i need to return the capital back to them right i need to show some track record so that's why it's important for me to sell some of my stake generate a return and then ask my lps to come back again for the second fund okay so that's that's the pretty much need for it and again we will go through all these uh, reasons in detail in the later part of the presentation okay so you you see here the global secondary transaction volume uh, from the last uh, two decades it has significantly go, uh, going up okay the reason is because uh, there is a lot of market gap and a lot of secondary focus funds have come into play okay and even a lot of uh, early stage or a late stage vc or private equity funds are trying to jump into these kind of transaction we will see the rationale behind investment what do they get but this is just to tell you the trend and just keep in mind that even though the trend is quite high it is still in a very nascent stage because 80 to 90% of the transaction that you are seeing over here are just done by you know 10 to 15 funds which are quite big so there are very few players right now in this picture okay especially on the bigger scale okay coming to the point uh, like who are the types of seller in the secondary markets so of course to start with the founders of the company okay if i have a startup and i have i have raised subsequent financing obviously until unless the profits are not realized then i don't get to see my cash right so i would definitely want to sell some of my stake to get some cash you know for my personal reasons or maybe i want to invest back in my business or i want to do something so founders typically early stage founders or early employees you must be seeing news about the esocs exchange and also those are the kind of secondary transaction recently if in case of paytm you must have been seeing that a lot of esocs got sold right because there was a lot of demand from some of the institutional players i think all, almost a year back or so 
So that's the also kind of secondary transaction. The second kind of players are the angels. When I say angels, you should know that they are the kind of investors who have come very early into the company, right? So even a small uptick for them is a significant profit. So angels won't be staying with the company till the you know till end of the investment period. If the company has raised subsequent financing, they would like to you know definitely sell some of their parts. Okay, so that's the second kind. Third one, typical family offices. You know, family offices these days, uh, especially, they have a very, very short investment horizon because they are the one who easily, you know, they would like to see some changes in their investment strategy if the global macroeconomic condition worsens, right? So they are the typical player who are also quite involved in the secondary transaction as the seller, okay? And then coming to the general partners, I'm pretty sure, I mean, some of you are aware of the general partners means let's say if i want to raise 100 million us dollars for investing into early stage startups right in the technology sector so i will be called a general partner where i will be putting some initial capital and then i'll be inviting lps you know just to give you a definition so i'll be the gp and then my investor will be the lps who will be participating in the fund with me okay so as a gp uh, when i'm imagine if i have my own 100 million dollar fund right uh, for five year period now at the end of uh, let's say four year or five year i will want to set up you know if i want to raise another fund the success of me raising another fund will entirely depend on the profits or the returns i have generated on my fund one right so and and imagine if the companies and if the portfolio companies uh, are not looking to exit what will i do i will go to the secondary market i'll go to some placement agents and i'll ask them can you help me sell some of my uh lp positions you know so that i can return some capital back to the investors and maybe if the return is good the lp would come in again to invest in my second fund okay so that's the reasoning behind a general partner's mind okay and of course sometimes what happens is uh, let's take the current example covid 19 i am pretty sure a lot of investors have might be thinking of you know changing their strategy for the next coming years and nobody expected like everybody says it's kind of a black swan event but again you need to exit you need to get some cash back and then only you're gonna deploy them again into let's say new businesses uh, that have you know a good amount of cash flow so if you basically uh, what i'm trying to say if you would like to change your strategy between the fund horizon because of certain drastic condition then you want to be a seller in the secondary market and get some money back okay I'm coming to on the institutional LPs, right? Now imagine, now you have to change the seat here. When I say institutional LPs, that means that I'm on the investment side. So imagine I run a fund of funds, right? And I've invested into 10 different funds, okay? And that's basically, I'm the LP in the 10 different funds. And again, obviously I have been also invested by some other people, so I need to show the returns back to them. This is the story is same. So I will sell it and I'll try to focus on something new obviously and also if i see if some of the fund managers are not performing well so obviously and some of them some of the other ones are performing well so i'll try to take my capital back and deploy more into them okay so i need liquidity and that's where i will be using the secondary markets okay so this is a typical uh, case study not a case study is just uh, some of the matrix that i have put to measure you know how will you measure a fund's performance when you're looking at it from a fund investor's perspective, okay? So typically, you know, when uh, for hedge fund managers or for traders, which I'm assuming most of you are from 
trading background if you want to measure a trader's performance you will look into sharp ratio right or sortino ratio whatever so in the case of vc fund manager or a p fund manager you will be looking at some of these matrices called tvpi which is value to paid in capital distribution paid in capital and a typical irr that i'll be generating over the funds okay so this is just an example you don't have to go bigger but here what i wanted to talk to you about is that let's say if i want to invest into this fund okay which is which was started in 2012 which has right now nine active investments six is exited and three are inactive okay now how do i value this fund okay how do i value my lp position so what i'll do is one way of doing that is that i will see all the portfolio companies i'll do an individual valuation and i'll come up with an nav okay and i'll discount it a bit why we will discount it that we'll talk uh, shortly and then i'll put a price to my uh, uh, to this fund okay i'm going to buy out this fund at this price that's one of the ways to do it okay uh, but obviously there has to be some trend okay this slide is not required let's jump straight to this slide the idea of putting this slide is if you look closely these are the pricing trends so let's take for example this 2019 okay and you are seeing the vc fund pricing uh, on the blue line you see real estate funds pricing and then the private equity and the typical buyout fund right so what do you mean by 77% this is basically a discount to the dollar okay so for example in 2019 an average vc funds would be trading at 77 cents to a dollar okay an average real estate fund is trading at 83 cents to a dollar so that's how you read this so you see the typical discount that is offered on the these kind of fund for further you know for further uh, if you want to dig further you can go um, and check on individual sector wise you will get some pricing okay so this is kind of a trend that uh, will tell you okay if a typical real estate fund in 2014 would be 90 cents to a dollar and now it is 83 cents to a dollar so it is more discounted and obviously you will see from 2008 uh, this part especially the initial part the premiums before 2008 were quite high so basically somebody's fund was actually selling at a premium okay now everything is discounted okay because obviously if i'm giving you the liquidity you need to give me some discount so basic simple supply and demand okay even now i mean obviously a fund manager would like to sell at a highest price but again it it depends on a lot of factors okay the exit multiple of your portfolio companies and many other reasons so uh one of the point is that in these days the funds that will be trading at a premium or you know who will be marking up their price from their nav would be typically very good funds so let's say out of 10 investment five or six or more than that should be unicorns right so that would be priced at a much premium let's try to understand the rationale behind the buyer's mind okay so uh, first of them is our existing investors okay so imagine if i am if you have invested in a company and the company is performing really well okay and you would want to increase your stake but the owners or the uh, you know the owners of the fund doesn't want uh, much dilution but obviously you want to increase the stake so what you will do is you will go out and you will try to buy out the existing shareholders of the company okay that's what you know softbank's uh, strategy is if they want to increase the stake they try to buy out the other shareholders okay and obviously if the very famous example if you know chris saka one of the famous us investors 
uh, he invested in twitter at a very early stage and then you know in the coming years he kept buying out the other shareholders at a high premium and by the time twitter went ipo he was the second biggest shareholder of twitter so that's how people use the secondary market or you know that's the reasoning behind the bias uh, bias mind so uh, uh, apart from that the new investors obviously the other investors can come in for example in 2017 i have just quoted here softbank came in and they invested 10 billion dollars in uber out of that i think 1 billion dollars was into the primary investment the rest 9 billion dollars was through a secondary vehicle so that's an again other kind of investments then there are secondary focus funds like caller capital rdn you can uh, harbor west adam street a lot so there are a lot of funds who use this strategy to you know uh, acquire some of the lp stakes or you know or the single asset secondaries and then again individual investors uh, family offices like guys like you and me also there are some platforms these days uh, especially in the us there is a you can check it out shares post where you can go and subscribe to this uh, private company share okay maybe one or two so that uh, kind of democratizing those kind of investments but it is very very rare and uh, you know it's a very very uh, uh you know interesting market just to give you an example because uh, if you if you are aware of the company called bydance it's a parent company of tiktok okay uh, we we are actually somehow dealing with these guys on the secondary side and what i have noticed is that the company is valued say between 100 to 110 billion dollars or between 90 to 100 okay and uh, there there is so much demand in the market that the buyers are willing to pay a very very high premium to that so up to 120 or more than that you know so that's the demand of you know these kind of companies and that really pushes up the secondary market transactions not just in case of unicorn but obviously uh, even for smaller companies uh, who are doing really good uh, investor tend to take this route to increase their shareholding structure okay and again we work example is not one of the best examples uh, to put it but it should also show, it also shows that you know once you get into a very high valuations at a very late stage you might be trapped right especially two years before if somebody two to three years before if somebody would there was a lot of demand to buy vwork shares right now nobody wants to buy it right so that's that's how the market changes so you need to be very sure okay about the company's future performance coming to the investment uh, rationale behind these buyers uh, you need to understand one thing that secondary transactions are mostly discounted okay uh, a typical thumb rule is that if i'm going to buy a secondary uh, share of a company it will give me a 15 to 20% discount okay but it is really it really depends on the type of the company you are working with now as i have given you the example that in case of bydance in case of grab the secondaries were traded at a premium typical supply and demand if there is more demand the prices is going to push up but just a thumb rule the secondary transactions are usually priced at a 15 to 20% discount okay um, obviously the the holding periods are very short okay because i am entering very late stage so i am looking to exit within one or two years that's one of the things and more consistent returns for this we will jump into a slide back which i skipped and obviously if you know the j curve you know which i have highlighted on the upper right corner if you see the graph of the primary fund investment once versus the secondary investments they the secondary investment usually comes at a very later stage 
in the picture where the companies have already started generating the cash flows right so obviously it reduces my risk it will reduce my return also but obviously it will reduce my risk at a very scale so basically by using secondary transaction i am minimizing my jker okay so coming back to the risk profile secondaries versus primaries um, by the way primaries means uh, simple investment so the news you see that uh, xyz startup has raised 10 20 million that's a primary investment okay here you can see secondaries clearly stood out okay the investment strategy clearly stood out uh, it is on the lower quartile on the risk side and it has a quite decent return as compared to the other strategies okay and also one of the reasons is that you know there are less secondary funds in the market obviously when the secondary funds will go higher the the situation might change but just to tell you and you know the reason because secondaries are coming at a very later stage usually comes at a later stage they get a discount to the primary rounds where the other people have joined in okay so there is always a added value and on the right side of the graph you will see uh, this is a very nice graph which shows the proportion of the funds with a net multiple of less than 1x so in this case you can see only 1% of the secondary funds has a return which is worth less than 1x and on the vc stage early venture stage it will go as high as 26% okay this is also because obviously there are more number of vc funds uh, and a lot of first time vc funds do fail in identifying those successful opportunities but in case of secondary funds those who are first time funds they have performed really well in the market okay so that is uh, you know that's how it usually works out uh, as i said it is secondary markets are still in very nascent stage and there is a lot of room to grow in the coming days uh, especially given the crisis we have a lot of private equities a lot of family offices a lot of vcs want to exit their position right and there will be obviously uptick in the volume of these kind of transaction so that's uh, I think that's pretty much I have from my side. Happy to answer any questions uh, you guys have, or you know, if anything I can touch on. Yeah. So thank you very much for taking our informative session, uh, Rohit. We will yeah. now have question and answer uh, session. I'll just sure. go through the questions. I'll read out the questions, and uh, you can answer them. All right, Perfect. so we have the first question here, go ahead. Is mm -hmm. uh, can a small retail investor invest in this type of funds? How can they do? Uh, so uh, thanks for the question, Ajit. Uh, so when you say can invest in the funds, uh, not really, because uh, there are not many platforms that offer you the funds, but in companies, yes. Like for example, if I if I want to invest in Grab, I, there are some uh, websites or there are some companies that allow me to do that through their platform. But funds, I, I don't think so. That's not, uh, I mean, uh, if you are retail, I mean, if you have a lot of money, then you can approach a fund and typically you can buy out some position, but as a retail investor, it, it, it's not possible. Yeah. Uh, how do you find parties willing to sell? okay so how do we find parties willing to sell so again it's is the same players as i mentioned in the slide here these are typically the sellers in the market so when you are working when you are in this environment where we are you where you are working with a lot of vcs and private equities you will typically they will come to you and ask them to uh, ask your help to sell some of their positions right 
uh, if they want to exit so it's it's uh, it's it's not a very you know hard thing and especially in these times right where people want to get some cash on the table so there's a lot of requests from these kind of people to get uh, you know to uh, sell some of their stakes but that's on the single asset secondaries uh, on the fund side uh, it's not very common that uh, people obviously those who are investing into the funds they typically have a longer term horizon right so that that transactions are not very common that's why you see there are few few players few active players hmm. so in these times probably uh, the parties find you rather than you try to find the parties <laughs> yes but uh, that's correct <laughs> you can say that okay all hmm. right okay uh, so one of the participant has requested you to share his contact uh, i'll move on to the questions sure sure hmm. uh, are there advantages in finding a niche for example pharma industry um so, uh, so a niche in pharma industry so for example how should i say this so obviously you need to find some good companies in the pharma sector uh, who are doing well so for example in the life sciences sector if you go if somebody is developing a drug which cures let's say a lung disease or an oncology disease right and it is fda approved given the market conditions or given there is a lot of demand for these kind of drugs and if some company is able to do that there obviously there will be more interest towards those kind of companies so obviously we are seeing a lot of interest from the investors to invest into these pharma companies and uh, of course i mean if you are already bad if imagine if you have a pharma company and you are already backed by some marquee investors um a investor like you know other investor would like to come in and try to ask the employees of the firm or the founders that if they can shed some equity through secondary transaction so yeah yeah maybe i have answered it clearly if not uh, happy to uh, maybe if you can elaborate more then i'll be happy to answer that yeah sure sure mm. uh, what is the typical bid offer in this type of transaction given the illiquid nature of these trades so there is no bid offer transaction as i said it's a primary market right it's a private market sorry uh, so it's very difficult to uh, get on to a price and obviously as i said a fund manager would always want to sell it at a very high stake at a very high price even uh, and it really there is no bid or offer it's a private transaction so you need to value it yourself okay and this is the trend you okay. see generally they are trading at a discount so this gives just gives you a range okay Uh, but it's not the exact price okay. and it really depends on supply and demand you know and how different is it from dark pools um i'm not sure there is nothing called dark pools in this it's again it's a private market um i'm not sure if this terminology will apply to these kind of market but again jumping to your okay. previous just one more point to add ajit um one of the way to price that i missed uh, in the seminar was that you can value uh, the secondary of let's say a grab to the previous round so let's say the last round happened at a 10 billion dollar valuation right so if it was a you know a normal company that i will be applying that discount to the last valuation round so typically 10 to 20 20% discount to the last valuation round okay that will give me an ideal price okay that's where i will start putting my bid yeah okay okay uh these funds raise money only from 
big investors is it like a fixed risk and return mentioned to the big investors um oh, yes uh, on the first part yes they are typically big fund as i said uh, you can check caller capital uh, rdn they are very big big players managing billions of dollars uh, they are the one who are investing into the funds coming to the second part no i don't think so they offer any fixed uh, return it's a private investment it is a risky investment but uh, it's not like an early stage VC the, sorry is it like a profit sharing not a profit sharing a typical for example ajit a typical vc fund how does it work it works on a 220 structure right 2% management fee 20% carry and the rest of the profit goes back mm -hmm. to the lp so that's the typical way it works out but uh, if you tell me okay if i'm investing in a secondary focused fund then obviously the risk and returns are different it's not fixed at all okay uh, yeah. how do two parties come to a common uh, valuation of a company is negotiating a big factor of how well a fund or investor might do absolutely i mean to elaborate uh, on that uh, you know obviously negotiations are the one which takes a lot of time and that's where we also come in to help them you know establishing a kind of an equilibrium price but uh, it's 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 very very hard and uh, you know because imagine imagine if you have a uh, if you are operating a fund you have five portfolio companies right you are putting an exit multiple to each of them to come up with a net nav right and that exit multiple is nothing but a theoretical multiple that you are putting based on some assumptions now my assumptions can differ your assumptions can differ the buyer assumption can differ so that net multiple value is different in everyone's eye right but so of course they need to come on a you know obviously they come to a price but it has to be with a lot of negotiation of a lot of clarity and also you need to be able to as a buyer you need to be able to see the potential exits for the company uh, in the next 2 3 years then only you will be able to put a fair value okay 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 we just have uh, two more questions to go sure sure all right um just a, a participant has requested uh you know if you can share one live example of any one of your deals not really need to mention the name of the company if that's sure possible. sure absolutely so one of the southeast asian unicorns we were working with we did a secondary placement from them uh helping a chinese seller uh you know to sell his part to a us buyer and uh, again as i said that uh, the obviously the buyer wants at a, at a 15 to 20% discount okay from the last round but the seller doesn't want that because he is getting another offers hundreds of offers from other people so he marked his price at a much premium from the last round so instead of having a discount the seller uh, the buyer ended up paying a premium okay so you know all this as i said on bydance uh, the parent company of tiktok uh, just to give you my experience we were working on this uh, last year and the valuation quoted was around 75 billion us okay and uh, we were talking to some of the buyers and some of the buyers from china told us that okay the price is too high 75 billion of course it's a high price but at that time uh, they said mm -hmm. okay the valuation should be in the range of 50 billion or 60 billion now one year passed the valuation has clearly jumped to 110 billion or 100 billion so now people are oh. even paying more than that so you know that's how the market okay. is and uh, so that's some of the examples uh, that we are seeing mm. 
and paytm in india right so i mean just, again yeah for indian guys i mean if you are seeing that paytm one of the highest valued uh, startups in india also of, of course i mean one year before there was a lot of buying interest from foreign institutional investors obviously the situation has changed in the last two years with you know other things coming in up companies like bharat pay phone pay uh, into the picture but um, you know the pricing dynamics has completely changed now so it changes it changes very fast we work again one of the example everybody has seen Okay. Uh, so, uh, what's a secondary markets investment average time horizon? I think you said uh, two years, right? Um, two to three two years. To, no, no, that was on the family offices typical investment horizon. It really depends, but typically, let's say three to four or five years. It really depends. Okay. Uh, I mean, if I'm buying a portfolio of a company, you know, LPO position of a company of a of a portfolio that has companies that are obviously near to the ipo term then my investment horizon is going to be very very small okay but typically on an average you can say you know two to four years that's the horizon we are looking for yeah okay okay hmm. i know i said two questions but i guess the questions are coming so we'll just take one last question sure, what sure. are the steps to set up what are the steps to set up an investment firm? Whom would you, whom should we approach for funding, VCs and angels, etc.? Okay, so the question is on how should we set up an investment fund, right? Am I getting it right? Steps to set up an investment firm and whom should we approach for funding? Okay, so I'm okay. I'm imagining your uh, the question is how to set up an investment fund. Firm here is let's say it's a fund. Okay, so investment fund. I mean, it's uh, you are seeing a lot of investment funds being set up in India or in you know Southeast Asia, particularly in Singapore and Hong Kong, because obviously of the tax considerations. And you know, it's very easy to set up a vehicle, right? I mean, anybody can come in and set up a fund. The challenge comes to raise capital. And you know, let's say if I'm if I want to create my own VC fund, then I have to go to these institutional investors and ask them for capital for family offices. These are the right people to go for, but you know, given the current market trend uh, or you know uh, the market trend that we have seen, it's always very difficult for the first-time funds to raise that much amount of capital, because an investor who is gonna stick with you for the next five to ten years, he's always gonna ask for a very strong track record, right? So institutional, especially the institutional investors, they look for a very high-quality management team even in china particularly the chinese style of investment is that they would like to see the targets first where you are going to deploy the capital and then they are going to give you the money so it's 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 very very hard to raise first kind of capital but uh, ideally the first timers usually usually they raise money from their friends families and from local family office which uh, they know very well so that's how it usually works out Great, great. Okay, mm -hmm. so thank you very much, Rohit. Uh, we have questions coming in. If you have anything that uh, you want Rohit to answer, please do share it with us. I would suggest if you are really interested in understanding more about this, I've just co covered very basics, I've given you some examples, but go to Caller Capital's website. Okay, just type Caller Capital on Google and you can go to their website and you can go to their reading section where you will see a lot of materials. Uh, I think that's one of the best and you can have a very good understanding. Okay. Mm.
Fantastic. Thank you very much. Uh, I will now ask Deepa to take over. Sure. Thank you, Rohit, for taking an amazing session today. Thanks, Deepa. It's a pleasure to have you here. I'm sure the audience has got a lot of insights from the session. We request you all to take good care of yourself. And if you have any further questions, feel free to connect with us. Take care, guys. Bye-bye.